Hello, everyone. Hi, John. Hello, Nick. How are you doing? Bueno, señor. Ah, uh, uh, bien, bien. De nada. No, no, no. Gracias. <laughs> Not de nada. De nada. Thank you. Why am I? I'm an idiot. I haven't taken. I haven't like mm -hmm. taken Spanish or spoke Spanish since like high school, which was like in 2005. So, boy. Um. Anyway, oh, yeah, same here. Welcome to the Park Scope. Well, you're you're also a high school teacher, so technically that could be every day for you. True, I do talk to them every day in Spanish. <laughs> Welcome to the Park Scope Unprofessional Podcast Hour. My name is Joe. As you know, joining us tonight is Nick. Nick, how are you doing? I'm good. Doing really great for the most part. That's Just uh, ready for Christmas break. They are about to drive me insane. So, uh, when's your uh, when's break start? Uh, seven more days. Seven more days of class. Okay, like school days or seven days period? Seven days of school. Okay, so next Friday, the 20th. Yep. Nice. Yep. Nice. Awesome. Also joining us, if he's not departed us already, is Alex. Alex, how are you doing? Hello. Yay. I've broken away from the irony. Yes. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. That's that's great. How is Chelly Bean doing? That's the big question. Uh, she's doing good. She's a little concerned about Ariel because she's been sick since we got back from Orlando. But uh, other than that, she's she's doing great. Yes, and Chelly Bean is Alex's corgi, so so everyone knows the important things. <laughs> also joining us tonight is special guest. You know him. You know you love him. Uh, I'm trying to think what else I can say. You know him from. Well, Mary I mean, that alone is a pretty big presumption yeah. on your part that people love me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know him from all of his tank tops and from his YouTube series <laughs> and his podcast. Uh, we have Danny, Danny from the Average Dis Nerd. Danny, how are you doing? How's Florida right now? I mean, considering it's 70 degrees right now, I'm, I'm doing pretty great. <laughs> and I rode Rise of the Resistance a second time this morning, so I'm a little sleepy, but I'm doing well. Yeah, that tends to happen, I hear, with people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cold up here. It was 18 this morning. I had chili for dinner, and I right now have a Great Lakes Christmas ale because okay. it's, it's Christmas. So it's Christmas ale time. But anyways. 18. 18. It is 18. And guess That's what? It's not a real number. It's probably going to get colder uh, in January. <laughs> just just a gut feeling there. 18. Dude, I'll, I'll send you photos when it's like negative one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's I'm paradise here. over here on the other side of the state with 30 degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Practically tropical. Man, you, you guys should do a luau. <laughs> no, no. So you guys joke. It does hurt. Like, I like I have a weird time sleeping Like when it changes temperatures this, this crazy. And also, my family has, like, arthritis problems, like, historically, like, in their hands. So mm -hmm. when it changes temp, yeah. My hands start to hurt, and like I can't grip as well. And it's like, oh no, I'm old, and it's cold. <laughs> so, what a terrible superpower you have to yeah. tell the weather via your your fingers. <laughs> yeah, it's really lame. <laughs> the problem here is like yesterday it was 80 degrees. Today it didn't get out of the 50s, and then tomorrow it's going to the 40s. And then oh, they'll be back up in the 60s, and then it's going back into the 80s, and then it goes back down to the 40s again. Ooh, yeah, that's rough. That's like getting you sick weather, because you're just like... Oh, jumping. yeah. Ugh, that's, the, that's the worst. At least here it was like... Like, it was in the 70s and 80s until we went to Horror Nights, and then it just plummeted right when I came back. Like, right down to like 50s and 40s. I'm like, oh, come on, guys. When I had to be away, of all things. But anyway, <laughs> we are here for a very special occasion. Yes, 
after years of waiting, after excruciating amounts of hype, I would argue, um, probably the largest opening in Orlando has occurred this past week. Yes, that is right. Green Eggs and Ham at Island's Adventure has reopened <laughs> the, tater, the tater tot focused menu. Danny and Alex have been to said r- restaurant. Uh, Danny, what are your thoughts on this historic occasion? Uh, so I actually was planning on going to IOA that day without any knowledge that this was happening. <laughs> this kind of just fell into my lap and we're parking and I check Twitter and I see some people posting that it had opened and we, we ran. We were like, we need to go now. This is such a priority. Um, it was great. Like just the, honestly, the idea that it's even open was kind of just novel because they had, um, I, I'm terrible. I don't know the character names. Um, but the, the two characters in the book <laughs> that, um, try to serve green eggs and ham and, you know, convince the other one to eat it. They were out and about, which I don't think I've ever seen them. So that was kind of cool. Sam, I am. And I think his name is guy. Guy. Okay. Guy, I am. Or that's what at least his name yeah. is on the Netflix show, which is a plus yeah. by the way, if no one's seen it. Oh yeah. I've heard that's great. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was cool to see it open. Um, we shared, me and my girlfriend shared an order of the, uh, pizza tots, which, uh, if you know me, I am a staunch supporter of pizza fries at Horror Nights. So I was super pumped and I will tell you, they are really good. They do not live up to pizza fries in my personal opinion, but it's mainly a texture thing. I think that tots, (laughs) this is so nerdy about food tots do not structurally hold up as well when they are underneath marinara sauce and cheese as well as say a crinkle cut fry that makes sense that makes sense yeah but i mean who doesn't love potatoes and cheese and sauce and pepperoni and what have you so i mean they're still great the fact that i can even do this i don't know how long they plan on keeping this open but if it if it's march and i can get my horror nights fix in just any old day of the week then i mean hell i'm down yeah, Alex, you've been right. Yeah, we went. I mean, uh, after we did Hagrid like six times, and, like, <laughs> and no, no, we did it four times in like less than two hours. Is amazing. Single oh rider god. for the win. Um, and uh, I was then we were like, oh my god, Green Eggs' his hand is open. We need to go now. <laughs> <laughs> and we we did the uh, the the path towards the towards the water, and like we turned the path and like. There was a huge line, like it, and then like throughout the next three days or two days, like every time we passed by, there was a line. Like it wasn't like it was barren, um, and, it, and I was surprised because there's a construction fence right op- opposed to it that's kind of blocking <laughs> view of it. So like even with that being blocked, like people are people are coming out. Uh, yeah, I got the we we got two things. We got the pizza tots. Those were nine ninety nine, and we enjoyed them. The pizza fries are definitely better, but it's pretty much the same thing. So, other than the top thing. And then I did the Who Hash, which is $14.99 with uh, corned beef, onions, white tea sauce, scallions, and tater tots. And it comes in a Who Hash can, which is practically a souvenir in its own. So, I have a can at home that's on my shelf now. This is Who Hash. <laughs> it's practically a souvenir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> practically. Now, you got to do some real canning with that. Just go get some jellies and uh, some <laughs> green beans. <laughs> I really liked it. Um, it was very filling. Uh, by the end of that can, like I was like, and it's like filled up, like you know, it's pretty much the same, like a standard size, you know, can that you get at the grocery store. And by the time I was done with it, I was definitely full. And uh, I'd love to try the uh, green eggs and ham tots next time I go if it's open in February. But 
that's to be determined, I guess. Uh, they're definitely like, like you know, management type people looking out on it, seeing how it was doing the entire time. Every time we passed by, there was someone in like a nice shirt that you could see that they were just observing how people were uh, reacting to the whole experience. So, and the characters were fun. Nice. Yeah, that was one of my concerns um, when I was there, just looking around, like who was actually buying stuff and I, I always do this no matter where i am at any of these parks is i look around and i go who's a local and who's a tourist because as much local as much local money is spent uh i do think that most of these places typically care more about um tourists if they had to pick you know gun to your head like pick a tourist or a local tourists typically spend more money so we were looking and like i i would love to see a lot of tourists here but i kind of just had you know like when you have a vibe about someone and i'm looking around and i go Oh, you're all pass holders. Every single one of you is a pass holder. Uh-huh. At least when we were there. So I'll, I'll be curious to see over time uh, what that traffic looks like. Yeah. So one of the interesting things I heard about the they they actually redid the green eggs and ham concept. Um. So the green eggs and ham actually has white cheddar cheese with the ham, and the eggs are now colored by pesto, not just like this natural food coloring from like I I forget what huh. the, the I forget what the herb was. I think it was parsley or something. But it offer it sounds really good because it's like you have this white cheddar sauce and then you have the salty ham and then you have the pesto, which I think sounds like a good combo as opposed to just the parsley flavored egg wedges that they serve at like high school, you know, or college breakfast halls, yeah. and you know, like a slice of ham and your you know terrible croissant. Um, I mean, so. your, your high school was pretty good to put. Parsley in them. I was just like green food coloring. And, I was going to mention and, high school, but I didn't know how many high schools had breakfast. I don't even think mine did. I don't remember. I don't even think we had breakfast. Did. Guys, we got Domino's. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, <laughs> uh, the good old days of high school lunches. We had three cafeterias at ours, but I'll, that's, I'll, jeez. Three. Well, no, the reason why is that we were, a camp, we're a campus style school, my, my high school. So uh, we had uh, like okay. three smaller ones that were all like next to each other, back to back to back. So like one had like pizza, one had like like Subway sandwiches. I forget if it was Subway or not. And the other one always had like chicken, like nuggets, like not chicken nugget nuggets, but like chicken bites that were like breaded and fries. Let's see. We had three lines, but we had one cafeteria uh, that okay. the three lines were branched off of. Similar though to that. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's good old J.R. Tucker High School for you in Richmond, Virginia. But anyways, <laughs> moving on, we're, we're, we're joshing with you, y'all. Uh, the real reason why everyone's here is to talk Rise of the Resistance. Uh, that's why we have this eclectic group on here, because they've all ridden, and I haven't. And I want to <laughs> hear them talk about it. So before we begin discussing, um, Nick and Danny, you've been to Galaxy's Edge prior to, to uh, Rise of the Resistance opening. Um, Danny, you did a great, uh, I think you did a podcast with Len and you also did a review, uh, YouTube video on, mm-hmm. on your YouTube channel. Uh, Nick, I think, did you come on here and talk about it? I forget. Oh, no, probably. Yeah, probably you did. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's kind of our lives now. It's like either we talk about it in the iMessage chat thread it or, almost, yeah. or we end up podcasting about it. I don't know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but, uh, I haven't seen Alex say he's away, so I assume he's still here. No, I'm here. Okay, good. <laughs> this is actually uh, 
on the opening day of Star of uh, Rise of the Resistance was Alex's first time to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So, not oh only, wow! And wow. not only that, this is my first time to Hollywood Studios in nearly 19 years. Oh <laughs> Jesus! Oh wow! I didn't even know that part. Holy crap! Jeez. Holy crap! <laughs> So, yeah, say words. Yeah, yeah, Alex, <laughs> you have some. Uh, so, what do you think of a lot of things? <laughs> well, let's just say that it's a hell of a lot better than Walt Disney Studios. <laughs> yes, I can see the billboard now. Yeah. <laughs> At least you're not in France. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, that was my first comparison. Well, that was a more recent comparison, like three months ago. So. Uh, it's changed a little bit, so yeah. But it it was definitely a different perspective from all of you guys. So, like, I didn't even know where to go. Like, Ariel was, I was just like, I guess we're just gonna follow the crowd. That will probably work. And yeah, that worked. <laughs> so, <laughs> how was everyone else's experiences? When did you get there and everything? We got there. Uh, well, we no, went straight well, from the well, airport. Well, well, hold on first. I want to know okay. what are your thoughts of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge minus Rise of Resistance. It's hard to say because, like, I I'd love to. Say, it, it definitely like I could, right away I can know if that wasn't part of it, it it wouldn't have been as. That was the most exciting part of the day, easily. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, and that's kind of what I'm trying to lean at is like everyone's been here without it. So, what's your opinion with going there fresh, with it being open? Because I think there's not a lot of people can offer that opinion. I I, I mean I I think it's it's probably the I think it's the best land in. Disney World. Okay. I I mean, to the scale, I mean, you know, the, before Avatar, did we, I mean, in New Fantasyland, we didn't really have these mega lands. You know, they were, you know, they were themed really nicely, but not to this immersion. I mean, Potter changed everything. We know that. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, it's, it's just, in the how big it is. That That's the one thing that is really impressive. It, it's huge. Especially compared to the two potters. Mm-hmm. I, another thing is, I just I don't know how much I would enjoy it over time. Uh, it, it's gonna be a long time before I probably can say that because I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna get a handle pass eventually, but it's it's gonna be a few years once stuff is built. Um, but I, I just I don't know. Every time I still go into Potter and Hogsmeade, and it's been you know it's been like dozen times, dozen trips. It, every time it. I'm I'm excited about things and I get goosebumps and find something new. I don't know how long that would last with Star Wars. It it's very immersive, it's very pretty, but it just it, it feels a little dead. Okay. Just the atmosphere. And, and I mean, not to segue too much into the ride. There's music in the ride, and that's like that. Just I, I feel like that was the times when I was like the most excited when you had that little hints of music, like right before you get on the ride. That was just like, oh my god, it's happening. And you, you don't get that. So, and then, and then when you're inside the cantina, that that that's the, one of the most fun places in the entire land because it's 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 lively, it's fun. You want to dance, you want to, you know. It, I think it could be. I think some small changes could happen. And it could be a much better place. So. Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, and then one last question: How great is uh, Slinky Dog Dash? Oh man, it's a fun ride. <laughs> it's so good, <laughs> and especially at night. At night, it's beautiful. Um, people talked about the one thing I never like. I've heard people like complain about the sight lines of seeing Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but people don't. I don't feel like I've heard people talk about when you go over the second launch at the end of the second launch, going over that hill, and you just see a warehouse right in front of you. That that's <laughs> a lot more. Uh, 
that's I have a lot more of a problem with that than Star Wars Galaxy's Edge being seen from it, like yeah. like fivefold. You can also see backstage areas of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the um the location where the, the restaurant was supposed to be. Like I just wrote it this morning, and when you go up that hill, the first thing I noticed is I went, oh, there's like a parking lot. Not of course there's that warehouse that you referenced, but even right behind Oga's in Batu, you can see like a big white square where there are trucks parked i don't know that's that's not great yeah that whole area but i'm just saying like i don't know why people nitpick so much about that and don't talk about that i just like to mention things that i observe since i'm not like i like disney but i'm not a super fan okay so okay so oh sorry danny you go well i was just gonna ask um if you don't mind me asking where are you on the star wars fandom um i love it i I mean I, i honestly probably like it more than potter Okay, interesting. But, but I, I just think the immersion of Potter is better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Because, I mean, I grew up with Star Wars since I was a little boy, and P- Potter came in when I was in high school. So, Got it. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. th- there's definitely more of a, uh, <laughs> a history. Oh, yeah, easily. It's, and as far as you just forget the prequels, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, Alex, you were about to ask, uh, when w- when did everyone start arriving for um, the Rise of Resistance opening? So, do you want to kind of segue right back into that discussion? Sure. Well, we got a really cheap flight through Fort Lauderdale. So, we got in around midnight. And I asked Aria, I'm like, is there any point of getting a hotel? And she's like, probably not. So, we just arrived at the resort around 1 a.m., walked around the boardwalk area, and then headed over using the pathway between Boardwalk and Hollywood Studios, and they stopped us right underneath the the bridge that the, the traffic goes over. And then we were there for a while, and they just consistently kept on moving us forward and forward every, like, hour or so until we got to the entrance. So, But we started at 145, basically, and we were not the first ones there. Wow. Okay. Uh, when did everyone else get there, I guess, is a, is a good question. Well, so just to clarify, um, Alex, that was you were going on opening day. Yep. Okay. Um, so we, I've been on it twice now. Um, so this past Sunday, I guess that was December 9th, I think. Um, my girlfriend works on Monday to Friday, and she had to go to work on opening day. So we decided, okay, well, we can't do grand opening. Next best thing is the weekend, and I was busy on Saturday. So Sunday was our day. Like, this was our shot. If we didn't do it Sunday, we weren't doing it till January. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this was it. And the problem was they had extra magic hours on Sunday, but we didn't have a resort room. So we were thinking, well, I guess we're just going to get there early and, like, really early and just hope for the best and hope that we can, you know, get in even though extra magic hours is going to have a leg up. Because what they were doing was, Extra magic hours got in from six. Well, what they said they were going to do was EMH would be there from six to eight. And then day guests would be let in at eight and they'll release the boarding passes also at eight. So we were like, well, I hope we're one of the first 200 in because otherwise all these EMH guests are going to have a leg up on us. Uh, The morning that we woke up, I woke up to a text message from 3 a.m. from a buddy of mine that said, Hey, my wife and I just said screw it, and we got a room at a Disney Springs, uh, you know, best friend hotel. And we're just doing it, and we have four extra Magic Hours passes. Do you want two of them? And I turned to Caitlin. I'm like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> 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 we got to do this. We got to do this. So 
I took him up on that generous offer, and we were lucky enough to go in at 6. Then we kind of just futzed around for an hour or so, checking our phones every 10 minutes, hoping and praying that maybe we could get a boarding pass. And while my girlfriend was in the bathroom, the three of us are hanging outside in front of the Chinese theater, and uh, you hear this really loud, blaring uh, announcement noise, like Pixie Dust or whatever. whatever. And um, so immediately the three of us whip out our phones, and we pull it up, and lo and behold, they were doing it at 7.15, 45 minutes before a park was supposed to open. Um, and we got boarding group 24. So we got there at 6 a.m. We booked our boarding group at 7.15. We ended up riding somewhere around noon-ish. Uh, today when I went, I got there at 5.40 a.m. because I'm a lunatic. Um, <laughs> and we were let in at 6.30 and I got boarding group 14. 20 minutes later at 6.55 a.m. my boarding group was called and that was it. Alrighty. Nick. We, uh, I left work Friday and rode down with my wife and daughter and we, we stayed with, um, Mega Diz, Meg, um, mm. that night we, my alarm went off at 3am, we were at DHS security line at 4.30 on Saturday, <laughs> um, 4.30am. Oh um, my God. I Thank think, you for your service. <laughs> I think <laughs> it like, um, uh, well, yeah, I didn't get, I got, we got to, to Orlando at like 11 o'clock and I was up at three o'clock with my two year old daughter in tow to, wow. <laughs> to do wow. this thing. So we, um, we, like I said, we got there about four 30. I'm thinking it was like five 15 ish, five 30 ish. They started doing security, like the bag checks at that point, the lines were getting pretty long the um the bag um the no bag line was actually like backed up almost all the way to where the uh tram pickup and drop off area is at that point um hmm. but they they started letting us through security and then they just held us at turnstiles until about six forty, i think it was we were about probably about 10 people deep at the turnstiles so we, i mean we were fairly close to the um or touch points excuse me not turnstiles um Anyway, we when we got in, you know, we, we got into our boarding group. I was in boarding group 12, I think, and that was like 640. Um, we rode it before park open, if I remember correct. It was like 8-something, I think, if I remember correct, that we rode it um, that day. So, and of course, we had to do trial swap and all that stuff and deal with all that stuff because of Amelia. But, um, but this was before they closed the loophole, so we actually got two boarding passes the same day so oh nice yeah i know i know that's been a whole thing but i don't know when i'm going back down to do it so i was like ah, screw it i'm getting another boarding pass they haven't <laughs> fixed this loophole yet so i'm gonna do it so you know we got two boarding passes for the same day i think my second boarding pass was like group 86 um so yeah we got two in on that same day fantastic so, uh, where, I, I'll let oh, Alex, are you going to say something? Yeah, I probably should continue my adventure. Yeah. So, um, first of all, at 4 a.m., they announced this whole boarding process that day. <laughs> <laughs> so, you kind of felt like shit because we're here to be like, we're first here, we'll be first in line, you know, like, and now we have to deal with this virtual cube system. Like, I was so excited just not to have to worry about magic hours or anything. It's just like the earlier you show up, the better off you'll be. Uh, it didn't work out because we did get boarding group 10, which I'm pretty sure that day was the first boarding group. I don't think mm -hmm. they did one through nine for whatever reason. I think they, um, they never do one through nine. 
Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, they started with Tim on my day, too, so. So, yeah, we were, like, in boarding crew time, and uh, it, it was, well, we, we had to deal with magic band issues. I forgot my magic band. Her magic band wouldn't work, so we, we oh, it was a whole mess, man. Then they gave us cards, and those cards wouldn't work. Like, we had to talk to, like, three different people while we are freaking out to get in. Uh, we got in by 5.30, a little bit before 5.30 a.m. is when they actually let us into the park. And then we sat for probably another hour or so. Um, it was a little bit before 6.30 that they then finally brought us back into the land. Um, they kind of just, like, I don't know how they're doing it now, but they kind of just led us through the entire land and then back towards Rise of the Resistance. So we did that, and uh, we got about halfway through, and right before boarding, and then the ride broke down, which I believe is the only time it broke down that day, actually. Oh, no, it broke but, down several times. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> th- that's the only time we were aware of it. Um, but we were given um, a paper, like an old-school paper fast pass ticket mm-hmm. to come back anytime and use their fast lane line, or the fast lane, fast pass. And uh, then a digital fast pass for any other ride in the park, which was nice. So we, we decided at that point, since we didn't know when it was going to reopen, and we weren't concerned about being one of the first ones. We just wanted to be there that day and be one of the, you know, you know, the first day excitement. So yes. we, we actually just went ahead and just went throughout the rest of the park and did like every other attraction. And then we came back around 10 after doing the entire park because it was like everyone else was there. And then we finally rode at 10. So... Nice. Or 947, it looks like, is when we rode. Oh, oh, well, geez. I mean, that 13 minutes right there. I can look at my video <laughs> files. So. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. So how do you guys want to handle uh, the rest of the discussion? Do you want to talk about sections and you guys can just bounce off each other? Or how do you want to do this? Because I'm, I'm leaving this kind of open-ended since I haven't been on it yet. I, I mean, I know, I know you don't care, but... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you want to do the spoiler-free spoiler. Are we? Are no, we we're spoil- in? Spoil- oh, this is spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. Okay, okay, great. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go for it. So, uh, do you guys? Yeah, want so to- I think we should yeah. start with the the. I suggest uh, the 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 pre queue, then the pre shows, then the ride, and then the whole overall experience, or you know, overall opinions on it. Okay. Because it's kind of like three different rides in one. So. Yeah, yeah. it's been hard for me to categorize like. What, what I'm calling this thing, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've just I keep calling it an attraction. And like to your point about pre-shows, I I'm not even sure I'm calling them pre-shows. To me, they're kind of just one big thing. But the yeah. queue. So the interesting thing about the queue for me, at least, uh, the first time we did the boarding pass on Sunday, um, we kind of just breezed through it in about 15 minutes. Most of the queue we just walked through. And I would say the final three to four rooms was when we finally hit like a stopping point and we had to like hang out for a bit and, um, you know, just look at what's around us. Um, but we, we went by all the benches and I remember seeing the benches in the queue, which P.S. there's benches in the queue and I don't know why these don't exist everywhere. And I was like, oh man, I didn't get to, we're moving so fast. This is a great thing that we're moving fast, but I didn't get to see them. Well, uh, my wish was granted this morning because <laughs> when we showed up for our boarding pass, I had said earlier that 20 minutes later, like 7 a.m., our boarding pass got called. But we were doing some other stuff. We went on Slinky. We went on Smuggler's Run. So we didn't show up till 8.30 or 8.15 or something. And the queue was filled all the way up until the marquee, basically, where that little gunner station is. The whole thing was full. 
And I turned to my friends that had already been on it. I was like, guys, <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. Like, I don't know. But it, it probably took us 30 minutes from the marquee to the first BB-8 room, um, which was pretty impressive in my book. But that yeah. was the first time I actually got to appreciate and sit down on the benches, as well as the little lean rails that they have up They're in the center. You Did you guys notice on. that? <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, my knees were a little uh, a little tired already because I had two hours of sleep. So I, I appreciated them. See, I didn't really. Uh, my experience was like yours because we, um, the first time I went through, we went all the way through the uh, to I think where the flight suits were was where we finally stopped. Mm-hmm. So you know, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't even register me that there was benches in the queue. I was just like, okay, you know, going through it and. And then when I got to that point, I started to like start taking it in because I think I was just in shock that it that I was actually in the, the <laughs> queue for the ride. Yeah. Um, and the second time I did it, we I was trial swap, so I went through what's going to be the fast pass line. So I didn't, I never really went through the um, to the point of actually noticing anything except for the flight suit and then the little medical stuff. And then you're at the the first pre-show room, so. Like the queue was nice from what I remember, but I don't remember a whole lot of it standing out to me except for the flight suit. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thematically, they're in a you know they're they're digging a cave and making a makeshift yeah. little base. So I guess in theme to that, I honestly don't think there's that much. There are some cool rooms of their. Um, you know, those screens that you see in the movie of them, like, mapping out the, the galaxy and, like, you know, yeah. where they're going to be taking stuff. There's a couple of those, and then, as you said, like, the flight suits and the guns and the thermal detonators. But it it definitely uh, is a little empty. Yeah, and the the flight suits and stuff is kind of like when you walk past the guns in the Men in Black queue. It's just kind of there. It's just, there's nothing, it's just a static prop. So it's nothing really to look at in the queue as far as, like, any type of movement or anything until that first pre-show room. Yeah, but I thought there were like everything that was in there was really well detailed. Like just down oh, yeah. to even the, just down to even the stitching was incredible. I, I mean, my first time uh, we breezed right through it. Uh, second time we were put through pass fast pass, and then oh yeah, I did get another one uh, because as soon as we tapped in the first time, someone else was like, oh, I just got another one. And we're like, Ariel, go. Get another one. <laughs> <laughs> so then we rode again towards the latter of the day, and uh, we had to wait a little bit in the queue line, which I was I was good. I was happy about because like the first time we breezed through it so quickly. So I don't remember the benches, but I could have been just like looking at the detail so much of everything else that I was oblivious to it. Yeah, but yeah. tunnel vision almost. Yeah, the outside is really pretty too. I like that little section. It, it kind of reminds a little bit of a Pandora, but a little. There were like in um, Everest in that part with like the waterfall and all that. It kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. That the um the depth I think works well really there. I remember the first time going through Galaxy's Edge, you know, months ago. Uh, I remember walking past that whole mountain range. I'm like, that's a really big, pretty mountain range, but it didn't. It kind of just felt like there was a facade that was up. When you come into the angle of the queue and you're looking from the caves through like the holes of the caves and like you said, the waterfall and everything. I think the effect really sells itself there because there's a little bit of layering. There's the, the trees and the grass, and then there's one layer of mountain, and there's a layer of mountain behind it, and smaller mountains. Um, I think that 
just idea felt a lot better than just when you're standing in the land. It's very clear once you get into that rod that this land was built dependent upon that rod being there. Oh, yeah. Like, it's very clear. So it, it definitely adds to the overall experience of Galaxy's Edge. I'm going back to what you were saying about the uh, the props and, you know, the um, flight suits and guns and what, whatever in the queue. I agree. The detail on it was amazing. And what I find, this is kind of just headcanon for me. I feel like they just went to Lucasfilm and said, hey, do you, I mean, I know you're shooting this movie. <laughs> can you, can you just give us some stuff? <laughs> like, do you have like any rejected the, um, designs? <laughs> uh, well, there's the suit that uh, Finn wears in The Last Jedi. Uh, I think it's kind of the same, like, of what Luke does, yeah. where it's just, um, like, how he, you know, how they recover people if they're injured or whatever. And they just have it there, which makes sense because, you know, soldiers will get injured. But I just, yeah, it felt like they just went, hey, we need one of those because it would make sense. Do you mind if we just snag this? And, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, it was like one of the helmets had little TIE fighters, like, painted on it for each one that they had taken down. And I was like, uh, okay, that's a cool detail. Oh, that, you know, somebody that's Somebody took great. time to put that on there. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, oh, that's cool. So That's pretty funny. I, I appreciate that. You know, little that. things like that stood out. Like a football yeah. team almost, how they put, like, like, like the Ohio yeah, State Buckeyes <laughs> on the side or something like that. That's great. Yeah. And I don't know if you other guys were – and I felt this in the entire land um, – some of the, we know it's all fake, but like some of the textures on the textures, just the paint they use, and I'm sure this will be something that will be worn away, unfortunately, within a few, in a year or so, but like everything felt like it should have. Uh, just the textures and the paints that they use to make everything look battered and beaten looks so authentic to me. I couldn't stop touching things. Ariel was like, would you stop <laughs> touching things? <laughs> Damn American. Well, yeah, that's one of the... <laughs> That's one of the big things with the whole, I'm, I'm not trying to start a flame war, but like the Star Trek, Star Wars thing, like one of the uh, contrasts between the two is that Star Wars is in broad strokes, typically more dirty and Star Trek is a little more polished. Um, but that's kind of, I agree, that's what I've felt throughout most of the land is that, say what you will, but there is detail of um, showing that this has been weathered. Like I was in queue awesome. for Smuggler's Run earlier, and I know that's not the queue we're talking about, but there's a an area of the queue that I didn't notice that looks like it's got what looks like motor oil dripping down on it, which I guess yes. makes sense because they're in a, a garage. And I had been on that ride three times prior, and just today I noticed it. I'm like, well, well hot damn, <laughs> I did not pick up on that. Yeah, even some of the textures feel grimy. Like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah well, just I like really enjoyed that. The contrast between that part and then when you get on the Star Destroyer where it's so sleek and clean mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it it's you you can really tell that they pay attention and like the way that the walls are textured for like them digging into the mountain oh yeah like with the laser cutting yeah it's it's really there's just a lot of little things like that that add dimensions to it well there's one room that has um i think it's got flight suits and helmets and whatever but in the wall you can see that uh there are like pots that are either broken or open or pristine or whatever um but they're kind of caked into the wall which what I read as is that they were like digging into a cave that who God knows what this cave was thousands of years ago, but clearly there was a civilization or something, whatever. And they're long gone. And now this is just uh, the remnants of it. Yeah. I saw that. That was amazing. And and then just like little, there were little bricks that you could see that were remaining too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. It belongs in a museum. (laughs) (laughs) 
Awesome. So do you guys want to talk about that uh, first pre-show with BB-8? I mean, that that's the first squee moment that uh, yeah. came from both me and my girlfriend <laughs> walking through there. Like, the fact that the doors opened and I saw BB-8, I'm like, well, already. Already I know that this is going to be something that's going to hit me emotionally. Nice. Yeah, the smile on my face whenever BB-8 rolls out and he's just, like, com- doing his little squeaking the squall. It's just... I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is it. <laughs> and I went in spoiler-free, so I hadn't seen anything before I'd, I'd go into that. So, Okay, so you went in completely blind. For, yeah, except for, like, the few pictures that, like, everybody has seen. That Yeah, I'd seen the yeah. space hangar. That was about and it, We all knew about the AT-ATs. That was about it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's like, really cool. I, the thing is, I'd seen things, they look so Star Wars to me that, like, I was like, I'm okay with this because until I see it all as one, it's not going to make much sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, in that, a couple of things that just popped out. Well, obviously, number one in that first pre show room. How the hell is there a hologram <laughs> in this room? <laughs> I, I was walking around it try, trying to just find the seams to understand it. I, it is the epitome to me of like selling a, a magic trick. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty flawless in its execution and design for what it is. It's I mean it's I don't know. It, it blew my mind. So is it like a and fully... they have my girlfriend Ray up there? So like <laughs> they're just hitting all the <laughs> how's she the up there? Notches. So is it a fully three D <laughs> hologram or is it like the Musion technology where it's a little flat? It's it's flat, so it's it's like that, but at the same, you know, there's no depth to to the, to Ray. Yeah. But at the same like... time, when you kind of walk back and forth, left and right, there's a bit of a parallax where it doesn't look like it's just a sheet of paper, like right. kind of like one okay. of those Mona Lisa things where no matter what direction hmm. you're looking, she's looking at you. Okay. It's not like Ray's looking at you the whole time, but the effect doesn't change when you change your perspective. Okay, got yeah, it. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. It's like, it's like, Musion and Pepper's ghost almost. I, I don't really know mm-hmm. how to put it, but something like that. You know how, like, like with Pepper's ghost, how it you can move from side to side and you can still kind of see how the dimensions and the depth to it, but it still is the clarity and the and all of Musion. I, I don't know. It's it's something. I just hmm. can't put my finger on it. I feel like I I might have ridden it off a little bit because I didn't pick up any of that. I was like, "Oh, this looks cool. It's a hologram, you know, first gross." But I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really see that. Um, I mean, I, I definitely think it was one of the best looking uh, Pepper's Ghost effects. You don't really see the edge of the screen or anything like that. It's 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 better than the Potters easily. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's better than the other um, you know videos sometimes of people throughout the rest of the attraction because that that type of text shows up again um this is the best i think um projection of anything but again i think that's partially because in universe they kind of look shaky a little bit so it as a um thematic star wars thing it hits the nail on the head all righty <coughs> excuse me sorry uh, <coughs> oh no coughing fit right <coughs> oh no right in the middle of recording a podcast is bad <laughs> uh so you guys want to talk about the uh <coughs> Ah, thing right afterwards. Well, and well, I'll, I'll, when the doors open and the resistance people are there, and they're like, "Come on, come on, come on, we gotta go, we gotta get, like, you're going to that transport." But they're like trying to sell that you've got to get on there quick because 
they're coming to destroy the base and then you have Poe's ship sitting there and BB-8's in the back and Poe's inside of it and they're getting ready to launch and the turbines start going in this transport and you're outside all of a sudden it, it, it just really sells it to the next part where you're, where you're moving on. Yeah, it's definitely the point where you're... I mean, at the same time, I felt like I was just being rushed because they're trying to push capacity as fast as possible. But yeah, you definitely <laughs> feel a sense of urgency. Like, oh, you're in some big crap right now you got to get going but it, and just the fact that you go outside again was a huge surprise because once you go into attraction usually you know you're disconnected from the outside world the entire time so when that door opened we're like what we're out we're outside what 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. are we being well evac'd? and that's one of the things what huh are we being evac'd right now <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah and that was one of the things i think joe i had seen you brought this up on twitter seen some video on youtube mm-hmm. one of my biggest questions and i i did this today i tried to like fact check and understand more by like looking around in the environment how does this work in rain thankfully the past seven days orlando has been pretty pristine um and just been beautiful weather but i i want to know what's going to happen in hurricane season because as someone that lives here like <laughs> it rains every day and some days it rains really really bad and you know <laughs> and like, sometimes Everest is mostly outdoors <clears throat> yes, and that's my thing. Like, it looks like there is a um a cliff that goes over what you directly mm-hmm. walk over. So, sure, whatever rain falls on the cliff, it's going to go off the backside of it, so it won't hit you. But if there's any wind, <laughs> like it just feels like this is one of those uh, side effects of them developing a land simultaneously for California and for Florida where most things work, but there's a couple of things every now and then where I go, guys, come on. Like This is Orlando. I love that we're outdoors. I think it's one of like the great surprises in this attraction, like you were saying. But I just, I, I got to know. I got to know what it's like. I guess people are going to get a little wet. Yeah, I think Ariel, as being like a former, you know, Disney College program person, is like, man, it's going to suck for those cast members. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it could be um, – <laughs> I was talking about this with my girlfriend earlier. I think it could be a badass moment, though. Your girlfriend like, Ray, right? If the... Oh, yeah, my girlfriend Ray, yes. Yeah. We were talking about battle plans. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, when the when the door is open and if it is raining, outside of the idea that they're going to have to be like, please watch your step. <laughs> please yeah. don't fall. We don't want a lawsuit. Like – if it is raining, that seems like it could look badass. Like the the John Williams music, bum 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 bum. Uh-huh. Like it's raining and they're yelling at you to move. Like that sounds cool. Well, and see, and my question is, is do they have a different film in the transport for oh, that? Oh yes, because mm-hmm. it does transition to night when you're in the transport. Because I've rode in the morning and at night, and it's two different views. But does it transition for rain and other? I weather? guess. I guess a good way to figure that out would be we we have to send someone to <laughs> Smuggler's Run. <laughs> he says, as the only person in Orlando, uh, <laughs> um, Smuggler's Run will do the the nighttime daytime change too. But I don't know about weather. Like that's yeah. yeah not, I'm just so curious. But it's going to be interesting to see. It's definitely going to be interesting <laughs> to see how that happens. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna you know you're gonna have that the one person who's like I ain't going out there. Yeah, Yeah, what happens if it opens and it's like it's raining sideways and you're like, uh, yeah, 
yeah. do we hold and just like yeah like i don't know i i think all the time about the idea between creatives like i in this case imagineering and ops how it seems so often that ops is just not in the room for so many conversations just because they don't allow them seemingly and it's times like this where i go was there not a person there like a rep to just say guys all right well i love the idea but maybe we could try to figure out a way to make that work because yeah i can think i'm a former cast member and i can think of the operational like yeah like you said what if people want to stay and they just plant their feet in the ground well okay i guess there's gonna be five people seeing ray and bb8 again while we wait for this rain <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't know yeah it just oh, that reminds seems me. weird yeah uh t- that reminds me with people you know slipping and falling uh the the textures the different like uh textures and like stuff in the queue beforehand before this point it was really cool like that the metal grading and stuff like that it was mm-hmm. really different like i don't know if you guys noticed that but i was like whoa this is weird <laughs> yeah it does feel otherworldly yeah and not disney like or america like to have something that <laughs> yeah. transitions so abruptly and not like completely level Cool. So, do you guys want to talk about the uh, transport ship? We were going to say this is going to be about an hour, and we're already forty-six minutes in. So, I'm like, we're not going to get through this in an hour. So, uh, <laughs> do you guys want to talk about the transport uh, ship real quick and uh, the experience you... of walking back out of the transport ship? Yeah, you oh mean Hydrolators two point <clears throat> Yeah, the Green uh... Gringotts elevator too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Destroy the Hydrolators and Gringotts elevator two <laughs> You know, I had been reading. Um, Carly Wiesel, she did a, a piece, and I think Matt Panzerino for a piece like back in April, back before we knew that these rides would be delayed and open at different times. Um, they were talking about Rise of the Resistance, and I read this whole thing about how you would do this whole transport and the the same door. So I I knew the effect. So for me, the surprise wasn't going to be the effect. It still was crazy impressive. But for me, it was kind of watching around like my girlfriend and other people in the transport unit when those doors open. I did it on Sunday and I watched people again today. People stand and watch the other door and mm-hmm. kind of like bunch up to that door so that they can get in front of other people <laughs> anticipating it. They've learned and the, when theme, that the theme door park opens, rules. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they know the <clears throat> shtick. Like, okay, I guess we're kind of being shaken around a bit, whatever. Um, when that door opens, both times, like the whole place is lose like just holy crap there's no, no yeah. way like it really does sell the itself. mouths drop and it's just like oh. <laughs> what <laughs> happened <laughs> yeah i had no idea that was gonna happen and oh it, awesome and it was the third i think i don't know if it was my second go or my third go was when i was starting to think i suppose my third go because i got to see like basically the queue right before the ride my first time and then actually got to do the whole thing the second time um, so I was starting to think about, cause I watched like, um, uh, fresh baked construction every week of the California version. So I was just trying to th- figure out, okay, all that stuff that we saw, where is it? What is it? Okay. Oh, this is the round circle they were building for that mm. all that time. So it was really exciting for me to finally figure out like, cause I, I, at some point I realized, oh yeah, I really wanted to try to figure out what all this equipment was going in for. As I was built, you know, watching it, try to place it. Once I finally wrote it, so that was that was really cool to figure out everything. It was 
It was a really cool effect. Like, and the first time I ran into it, you know, trying to film it, I went to the back of the ship, and then I see the air truck. I'm like, oh crap! Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the uh, the second time, I knew exactly where to go. So the third time, I actually kind of just looked at the the the, the front, and then I was like, oh, I should go film the back. If you watch the back, the back is kind of cool too. Obviously, you don't have the animatronic, but there's a bunch of you know ships flying around and mm-hmm. and dog fighting, and it's 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 pretty cool to watch it from that angle as well. Yeah. What's crazy to me about the um, the back, yeah, uh, the back porthole, I guess, um, mm-hmm. is you see. I think you get a much better view of seeing the ship go through like the force field of the star destroyer. You do, and it's you see every single detail. You see the stormtroopers <clears throat> coming out of a hallway. They're kind of marching through a hallway and lining up to where they end up being in the room. You see the life size Tie Fighter that you're going by. You see, like they thought of every single bit of detail to not think that, oh, well, these stormtroopers are just here 24-7. No, they were marching out because they knew that there was going to be a transport that's bringing prisoners on. Like, stuff like that. That I love that transport unit because it kind of um, it does two things. Number one, it isolates people rather than, you know, the whole theme park thing of like, okay, well, we wait in line and we see this coaster come up and we sit down and we watch that person go away and then we sit down and then we go away and behind us, someone's going to do the same thing. Rather than doing that, right out of the gate, they cut you off. They're like, no, there's going to be about, let's say, 16 of you. And they're, we're just going to put you in a small little group. And when you're in that transport unit, the second thing I think it does, it kind of says, screw single file lines. <laughs> like, Single file lines are done at this point. Right now, at least for this mm-hmm. moment, it doesn't matter who you are. You're you get to go wherever you want in that transport unit, and each angle is going to show you something different. I was watching. Um, there's these three TV screens, um, at, like at the top, showing Black Leader, Gold Leader, and Blue Leader. Like so, Poe and you know some of these other X-wing fighters. And I'm going like craning my head back and forth and watching a uh, X-wing pilot say like well someone's on my tail I, like i can't shake them and then you look outside and see an x-wing being chased by a tie fighter get shot by the tie fighter you look up and then bam that video feed of them is gone like holy crap man <laughs> like wow. that's that's just bananas <clears throat> mm-hmm. that's awesome i mean this is the type of thing that you know once it's the hype has died down in let's say like five years i can't wait to <laughs> run over and over again and uh, five years is probably optimistic, isn't it? Uh, no, and, I mean, uh, I mean, honestly, remember, like recent, we're we're still getting Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster, Tron, like like a bunch of major attractions. So don't like, don't worry too much. Yeah, but yeah, that's those are the details I love. I mean, as I said, I am still discovering some things in Potter, and I spend a lot of time just looking around stuff. It, it's uh, it's it's gonna be fun. <laughs> But yeah, it's it. I just watched my video, the rear view. It's just it's amazing how synced up it is to then when they open the doors. It's yeah that reveal. Ooh, nice. yeah. And that's that's why I have a hard time calling this a pre-show. Like I think technically, is this before you sit your butt in a seat and like strap into like a seatbelt? Yeah, but at the same time, you're getting a jaw-dropping moment that people are like freaking out over and stopping and posing and taking photos and blasting social media. So at that point to me, the story's already begun and you are already in this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. The, the people who are saying 
this is more of an experience than anything. It, it really is. It's it all works mm-hmm. together as an experience than anything else. Um, but that reveal, I mean, whenever it opens up, I, I know I've seen some nitpicking and stuff online about it, but I mean, dang, if it doesn't just like your mouth drop and you're like, they did it. They made this thing and it does this and I'm here and yeah. holy crap, I'm here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, then it wasn't until my second time where like, I, I, you know, the first time we were just rushed through so quickly, I think because it just broken down and they just wanted to get us out. <laughs> but uh, I look up and I see the TIE fighter. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> uh-huh. That's there. Oh my God. So, well, I, I think that's actually a good um, like transition, just talking about this whole... I'm sorry if I'm taking over for you, Joe. No, please take <laughs> in, over. In, in this regard. No. Um, but like it, the other thing about this room for me is this is when the cast members really start to become an integral part of this attraction. Like we, you had yes. mentioned earlier, the Resistance cast members that are like rushing you by. When I was, <laughs> I was trying to take a picture of Poe's X-Wing, and when I heard them rushing me, I was like, wow, pushy. And then I, oh, oh no, 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 you're right. We're, we're going to get killed. No. Um, we're a part of Resistance. <laughs> we got to go. And yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was totally sucked into it. And, but on the flip side of that coin, when you're on that Star Destroyer, um, we took a, maybe two or three photos. But the, like you were saying, they were kind of rushing us through. But it kind of it makes their job easy to rush people through because thematically, no, you're a prisoner. Get to where yeah. you need to go. You like, <laughs> like that's it. And I've heard that there have been some other cases where they say if you need to use your data pad to like. Um, get a capture or something yeah um so be it but you will still be interrogated and they still like try to um intimidate you but man i would argue that at least for this section if not a, a larger part of it cast members do like 25 percent of That's this right. ride like they and both times that i've done it they've been crushing it well that's what i, I really feel like that in this ride is that where they were chapek said that line that everybody like was about their cast members is the story but in this ride they really are they really mm-hmm. sell you on that part and the, okay so like same time i wrote it there was a manager there and she was in like a white shirt and black pants and i was like you just ruined this because i have all these people <laughs> she's still acting like a first order person but i'm like you are not the first order because you're in a white shirt and black maybe that's banana republic maybe she's a maybe she's first order middle manager i mean come on <laughs> just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's casual you know friday every org has a ladder yeah <laughs> or a pyramid i guess it's just like, I can't take you serious doing this. And when the same thing happened on my first ride, there was a, a man in a red, like, you know, like gap shirt and black pants. And he's like standing there with his arms folded behind his back and doing the whole I'm staring you down type thing. But he's got on his <laughs> so lanyard funny. that's got figment <laughs> on it with his little cat's <laughs> ID on it. I'm like, that does not work here, you know? <laughs> I appreciate the, uh, the, the effort, but... <laughs> Yeah, but just, just kind of don't do that. <laughs> but um, when when you do come off that and you have that big star field behind you and there's actually stuff like moving in the star field and all that, that also sells it. And I just wanted to hit that because that's something that I noticed the second time. I actually like took in what was going on mm-hmm. behind the stormtroopers, and that's really cool too, to take a minute and just kind of look out 
of the force field into space is just kind of one of those childhood moments, whether it's Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever, being separated by a force field from outer space is just kind of like cool. And it feels like it has real, it feels like it has real death to it. It feels like it goes on forever, which is incredible. Um, and, and just further what y'all said, like the first time I went through it, I kind of, I think I went through it for more like a theme park person. I'm just like, oh, they're just rushing us through this because you know they want to. It's opening day; they need to get us through as fast as possible. The second time, I was like, no, they're just trying to make us feel like <laughs> you're a prisoner. Yeah, as you said, it was, it was, it's such an unnatural feeling. It's like I think one of the interrogation officers is like, only de- delaying. Uh, any delay will not reduce the amount of pain inflicted or yeah. something like that. It was, it was just like, <laughs> it was amazing. And um, my, my, my actual first ride, I was riding with a bunch of, uh, a bunch of like important looking Disney people were with us and our crew. So th- that happened. <laughs> <laughs> when we so. were, um, so coming up closer to the uh, actual interrogation rooms, uh, we were just kind of standing there and like, I guess before you get to the colored lines, and mm-hmm. Caitlin was wearing um, a headband that Disney sells that has BB-8's head on it. And when you walk through Galaxy's Edge, he'll make noise and stuff. Um, it's adorable. Uh, so she was wearing <laughs> the BB-8 headband yeah. specifically because we were going to Galaxy's Edge. And she was just so excited. And some cast members started eyeing like eyeing her, like looking at her headband and looking back at her, looking at her headband, looking back at her. And just with a smirk on his face, he goes, you did a commendable job decapitating that droid. <laughs> <laughs> and Caitlin, Caitlin's jaw dropped to the floor, and she turned to me, and she goes, "That's awful." <laughs> Listen, we were uh, we were right before interrogation, and this first order officer, he's looking at this kid who's, I mean, probably like thirteen, fourteen year old kid in front of me, has on, you know, uh, like the rebel symbol on his shirt and all that, and he says, "And some of you with your rebel insignia on you will get extra pain." <laughs> Yes, like yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I was getting comments all the time because I'm videoing the entire time. So they were definitely like, yeah, <laughs> do what you want. This is not going to help you. <laughs> well, it makes me feel like I would love to know the behind the scenes about this um, because it almost feels as like the Imagineers came in and didn't just speak to their managers, but the Imagineers came in and said, no, we want we want to talk to the entire cast and really, really emphasize to them how big of a deal they are going to be for this ride because if you just had a smiling cast member that was just like have a magical day like on this star destroyer oh my god the whole thing would just be like okay well no we're riding in this really pretty ride and whatever but no they this isn't i'm sure some of them are cps but like this isn't just some you know part-time cast member that's here to get a job and a paycheck like they my understanding is is that the cast members that they brought on were really looking to and like almost auditioning to be on the ride. Like they yeah, worked yeah. really hard to be a part of it because they want to sell this whole thing. The second time I wrote it, it went down. This is when I had to go, when I went to the fast pass line because of child swap and uh, we got a chance <laughs> to talk to the woman who was handling the merge point. And she said that they had to do a, that she had to do, she worked at, um, I want to say somewhere in Animal Kingdom, but she said she had to do a full-out interview for that position, and that, oh, wow. that they were like handpicked and hand-selected for it. So part of me wonders, okay, once you know some of these people leave and other people come in, will the shtick 
stay or not. But right now they're they're pumping on all cylinders with it, and it's really good. I mean, that sounds a little bit like what Potter they did initially, right? Yeah. yeah. But like, in as you said, like over time, will that happen? Like, I had a terrible experience in Ollivanders, where the 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 attendant leading us in was she broke character. She was never in character, and it was and uh. she was like. She was even talking about like other parks. She's talking about Disney and everything. I'm just like, what are you what? doing? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. happened. JK would not be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm JK Rowling. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, so. Um, but that's like the so, only other time I've had that, so thank God. Yeah. Um. So I guess we want to talk about the interrogation room oh creepy <laughs> um i don't even know if i should respond to or t- tell you guys what my girlfriend thinks of the interrogators officers she, well i will she compares them to nazis <laughs> as she I should mean, <laughs> they're yeah. space nazis yeah and she's jewish so i think she has she's the ability to say that <laughs> throw some milkshakes in their face always punch a nazi Mm -hmm. always Uh, always um unless they're a cast member playing a nazi in space yeah um the first thing that i noticed about the the interrogation room is the ceiling is pointing down and is Mm -hmm. like a the the tip of a triangle like i think it's designed to make you realize as soon as you walk in oh there's not an exit <laughs> like yeah. we are walking into a dead end and that these are one of the things that i didn't know about the attraction i didn't watch any um uh like ride videos or anything i didn't look at any pictures but i did read some of the reporting that had been done from disney and you know media outlets back in april so i knew a decent amount but i did not know this room in any capacity at all whatsoever and this might be the peak of the entire thing for me at least emotionally yeah, it, um, if you haven't seen anything since this is spoilers, it reminded me a lot of the when you're going on Journey into Imagination and they have that room with that hallway that shrinks down to the smaller door. It's that oh, same yeah. kind of feel whenever you get and you're you're just kind of clustered into this small space because well, there's like 20 of you in this little hole and you don't know what's about to happen because I didn't. Well, I hadn't watched yeah, No one knows what anything. to do. <laughs> So I was just like, oh, "We're okay. Well, oh, oh, okay. There's a stormtrooper. Let's watch him." <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Did you guys catch the um, the the shadow effect when uh, Kylo and uh, Oh my Hux god, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the oh, first man. time I did it, I, I, and I, I like I, I totally am like it's so mad at myself because totally like I kept on walking into the 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 the, the wedge, and I was like. Okay, I guess I'm doing this. <laughs> so my video looks terrible because I'm just facing a wall. <laughs> and then I turn around and I'm like, oh, that's where I'm supposed to look. Like, yeah, it's it's freaky. And I was the first one in, so I didn't have any guidance to where to go. <laughs> so it was uh, terrifying. And then, yeah, the, just the whole effect of being escaped or, uh, you know, broken out and everything. Oh, my God, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that... That specific moment is probably the peak of the attraction for, like, what hit me emotionally. I nearly – I probably did cry. I'll ask Caitlin. I, I'm pretty sure I cried in that moment because, number one, I think it's a convincing laser effect seeing the door. Two, it's I, – I saw this today or I heard this today. 
you kind of hear footsteps and like clanking behind the wall mm-hmm. before the the lights even start to flash. So then the lights flash and the lasers come out. And as the lasers are coming out, I think it's timed well just enough where I go, wait, what's happening? And as my brain starts to put together, holy shit, are they going to? And then before I can even come up with that thought, they're cutting the door open. Uh-huh. And when it opens, they use John Williams score, the resistance march so well. And like all of that put together into one cocktail. I was I was a puddle on the floor. <laughs> Well, and I don't know if you got this or not, but, like, when the door opens after they've cut it open, for me, there was a guy standing right there. He goes, we're going to bust your – we're busting you out. We're, we're getting yep. you out of here. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, okay, this is good. This is good. <laughs> I had two cast members that kind of had um, – one was leaning against, like, the, the cutout of the door, like, popping their head out. And the other one was acting as though they were using, like, a, a device to pull the – Mm-hmm. door away or the door you know the, the piece of the wall away and the other one was like saying just the same thing and like rushing us along like come on guys we got to move before like they come back and yeah. it's another example of guys like 25 percent of this ride are these cast members jeez mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah um, and i'm but- looking at my video i totally missed the first time the second time i realized it and yeah it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> um so question getting- for you guys the uh the little lines, like the uh, I think gold, blue, orange, and you know yeah. silver, or whatever. Um, did you guys have issues boarding the actual droid units when you got into that room? Like, no. did, like did the crowd like not know where to go or whatever? The, one of the times, yeah, it was like they didn't. Uh, I didn't feel like that the person told us to remember our colors. The same mm-hmm. time, I felt like that the person who was putting us into the interrogation room, they said, "Don't forget your color" or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But the first time they didn't say that, and I think it threw. It was um, like more of like a like a family unit that threw them off where to go. But then the the resistance person said, "Your colors. Remember your colors. That's what you're loading by." Oh, so, okay. So that's <clears throat> you know like they were kind of thrown off, but once they told them that they kind of, like, snapped into it and, and loaded. But, yeah, it, the, it took them a minute. So Yeah, our interrogator first is like, do not forget your colors. I do not want to repeat them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Uh, yeah, that was the first experience for us, is that they they said, remember your colors, and we all turned to each other. Like, remember, we're silver, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then when we got in there, we saw them when we got in the silver. <clears throat> Today when I rode, some of my friends did not even hear the remember your color because I think they said it maybe once, if at all. Um, and then once we got in there, people just went to whatever seat they could find. And then we all just ended up being in different seats. Um, so I don't know. That was just an interesting thing where I thought about, yeah, I guess operationally, they can't necessarily say don't forget your color because that's going to be your seat because, again, you're <laughs> going into interrogation room and whatever. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess that will be something they'll have to iron out a little more. All right. So did you guys get both paths? I only got one path, unfortunately, on my two rides. I only got one path. Uh, I got both. From the second. So the first one on Sunday, I got um, ATAT facing you, and then I got the side view today. Yeah, I got a different color, so I was like hoping, oh, no, please be this. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's interesting is the different interrogation rooms, I, I love thinking about this ride operationally because there are just so many marvels of it. 
but like if you look at the um, interrogation rooms, there's I think two and two, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and kind of like in a ninety degree angle. And what my buddy was telling me today was that we rode in the one on the left. Like if you walk through the uh, hallway and just go straight down, yes. I rode both times through those. He hmm. rode a couple of times when you take a hard right and go down to those rooms. What's interesting is he told me that the times that he had been on prior to today, the droid units were facing the door that opens. Whereas the two times I had been on, they were facing the cast members and we ended up leaving backwards. What were your experiences with that? We left backwards and then spun. Okay. So I was on the first time I rode it, I did the hard right and we went forward. And then the time that I went straight ahead, my second time, we went backwards. Yeah, and I was to the left. Oh, that's so interesting. I wonder I wonder why they would have to do that forward on the right. Because to me, the better effect is you sit in there and you go, this isn't a room. I, like, I don't know where I'm going. And then when you end up going backwards, you're like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're, what he was telling me, at least, was when you sit down and you see a door, you go, I'm assuming that wall is going to be moved so that I can go through it. Yeah, I thought the backwards effect was better between the two. But you know, the first time I wrote it, I didn't really think anything about it. It's kind of <clears throat> theme park training. You know, I see that. I know I'm going to go through it type of thing. But the second time was definitely better going backwards. I will say that. Uh, the other operational thing that was just another one of those situations where I was like, like frick man like i'm joe can i can i curse here is that is that allowed is that yeah curse? hell yeah oh, go yeah. for it <clears throat> okay great <laughs> well one of the moments where i was just really blown away was when you first exit the um the boarding room and you go into what apparently the imagineers called the disco room um yeah, where the, makes sense the, yes. <laughs> yeah yeah that, that, the transport that, units kind of just spin around <laughs> um when that happened Caitlin turned to me and she goes, holy crap, are they only running half the attraction? Because we saw two cars that were empty. She's like, "There's, are you kidding me? That's why, is that why this line is so long? Is because they're only running at half capacity? And when you hear Beck say, just tell them that you're transporting prisoners. Oh, wow, that worked. My jaw hit the floor. I'm like, god damn. The idea that you are simultaneously refilling your room that you need to fill more you know, guests in while also using it as a show scene, dude, oh like, what a uh-huh. freaking good idea. I mean, the ride what? is running at half uh-huh. capacity from wow. where I stand, but yeah, that's still also the same. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're, <laughs> but you're, still, both, yeah, you're both right. That's going to be a show scene regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a, wow. fantastic. I was wondering about that because of the launch time between once you get seated and like going out. It felt like it was really exaggerated on one of my runs and the other one that was a lot quicker. So I was wondering if it was that, that you are supposed to be, you know, like when we came out, there was four, there was two empty and two full. I was wondering if it was supposed to be eight, like oh. coming out in that disco room, like four coming in to fill slots while four are coming out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Was, and I was wondering if that's what the capacity you know, the whole we're not running at full capacity thing was was that's where they're they're trimming it down because of something. 
you know. There's but, a lot of gifts that I need to see of this whole thing, you know, the, the ballet that's running constantly. I had to like sit at a gift for 30 minutes and just watch each car as it moves because you're right. There's a lot of questions about how many cars should be really on the track at any given moment. Um, hmm, interesting. Hmm. Okay. So, so you get, back yep, up. You, yep. Sorry. You go. Danny. You, you, no, no, you're good. Um, <clears throat> I was going to ask, you guys said that you both saw the same scene both times that you had been on. What scene in the AT-AT room was that? Uh, looking straight at the head, not from the side. Okay. Mine was the side of you. Oh, uh, okay. So, having done both, I definitely think the facing head-on is... Uh, I, that's um, what I thought. After I saw the videos, uh, I saw the videos a few... I think last night, finally, I saw both sides. I was like, oh, at least we got that side. Because going yeah. up that elevator, just, I don't think the effect is as good. So mm-hmm. especially yeah, since you missed the, the the screen inside the the ATAT, that's like amazing. Like uh, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, like the first time I wrote it, I didn't even realize that there was a stormtrooper setting up a cannon on the side of the ATAT oh. to shoot at you. Like I don't, I don't know. I'm, I think I was just kind of like in awe of everything. <laughs> you were too. in shock. Yeah. <laughs> but um, how can you not be? Yeah, it's I don't know. And when those first stormtroopers like shoot the roof and chunks of it go away, and you know before you get to ATAT, and then you get to that, and all that craziness is happening. It's just like, man. <laughs> no, I agree. And the the I guess it's like what a Gatling gun, a Gatling blaster that that stormtrooper uses on the side. It is a cool effect, but I even noticed that. I'm not sure I would have picked up on that screen on the side of the stormtrooper unless I was, or the side of the ATAT, unless I was like looking for it. Whereas, mm-hmm. um, what you were saying about going up the front legs, as the elevator's going up and you're looking at the legs like rise with you, and you're realizing up the elevator, oh crap, I'm about to be looking at the face of an ATAT. Like, the suspense just builds more with that than, I don't know, if I'm going up the side of an ATAT, who cares? They can't see me anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, I saw a video today where, and the gun's l- lower and all that. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I, wa- I want to see that. <laughs> You're looking down the barrel of it, just like, holy crap, this is not good. Let's get out of here. <laughs> bad situation, bad situation. Yeah. And you know it's fake. You know that none of this exists. But at the same time, you're like, shit. <laughs> Can we do- there's going to be a blaster that's coming my way. And the I think the effect, um, what it looks like they're doing, it looks like there's um, cones or, I guess, cylinders that just kind of run the side or the ceiling of the um, track. And they kind of just have a light that just travels it. But I only picked that up on my second ride through because the first ride through, I was like, holy crap, a blaster just missed me by inches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can we back up one second, though? Like, yeah. when you enter that room and you're at the foot of the ATATs, like, m- my reaction was, well, I can tell you, it was like, holy, and I don't want to curse because I know it was going on YouTube, but. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I, I lost it at that point. That was the point where I think I. Well, that's that's when I lost it. It just the scale is, oh my god, it's so epic. I, Joe, I can't wait for you to ride this. <laughs> cool, I'll be down there in about four weeks. So, awesome, awesome. Yeah, that room. Um, the big reveal is is serious. Like I've seen the commercials 
I've seen the, the them building it, and you see them over, you know, bio-reconstruct, gave us so many great photos. I knew it was coming, but even when you enter the room, it, it that's why I was talking to someone that hadn't been on the ride but watched a video, and they're like, oh, no, yeah, I get it. I'm like, no. dude, seriously? Mm-mm. Entering that room Mm-mm. feels intimidating because they are a full-scale AT-AT. Yeah. Well, and, and somebody somewhere online I saw pointed out mirrors that are in there to make yes. it look like there's even more AT-ATs in there. And really? I didn't realize mm. that myself, Oh, yeah. But just that perception would make that room feel that much bigger because it's reflecting the back of the AT-AT. So it's like two AT-ATs are back-to-back yep. in that room. And there's so many things like that that are done in there that just it, – it, I mean – it's a bunch of effects. Being that on that add star destroyer is crazy. More. Yeah, it's a bunch of effects that right. add up to something more. Well, I think that's what I told somebody. Somebody asked me about it, and I said, basically, it's every good thing from the last fifteen to twenty years put together into one ride or one experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't say like there's anything that's completely brand new. I'm sure there are, but like it's just like everything that you've ever amazed you in the last 15 years, it's in here. So prepare mm-hmm. to be overwhelmed. It's it's incredible. Well, so, and that includes that includes animatronics, and this that's the first scene that you get a eh, I guess the probe droid, but like the first real animatronic of Finn. Finn, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is that Sigourney Weaver? Do we know that yet? I have no idea. <laughs> the one it's, of- it's a it's a good reference, if not. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and well on the other side, he's like crouched down behind the leg, so he's like, oh yeah, sitting on mm-hmm. sitting on the ground with his knees pulled up to his Sh- chest. Shout out to the so uh, like, shout out to the figure of the year, the arm with the blaster that comes out on a pivot and then comes back. Comes oh back yeah, away. yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I think that's telegraphed really well. It hit me the first time, and even though I've been on it, it, it tricked me the second time as well. Um, when you realize that you you're at a dead end. You kind of spin back around and you hear Beck say, no, the, the elevators are closed. We got to go to you know plan B or something. And you're looking at stormtroopers trying to blast you. And of course they miss. Um, but you see a stormtrooper get hit with a Wilhelm scream, mm-hmm. I might add, which is pretty freaking hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you see a stormtrooper get hit. And the first both times I was like, who hit them? None of us have blasters. And when you back up, you realize. Oh, there's mm-hmm. there's a couple of resistance members here trying to fight against them. Like, what a good subtle little, um, I guess, a telegram showing you about what's what's coming your way. Nice. So, uh, let do you want the guys want to talk about the second story of uh, Rise of Resistance after you go up the elevator? Bridge thing. I still don't know how we ended up on the bridge, but <laughs> 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 it's like. I was down in interrogation cells, and now I'm somehow up on the bridge. I, I, anyway, but I did not know that there was a Huck AA, and that that kind of blew my mind at first, that there was a Huck AA in there, too, with Kylo. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, um, both of them, <laughs> when you pull up, I didn't realize that there would be, like you said, there'd, there'd be two, but also that there's like an array of screens behind them. Like I thought, sure, we would see an animatronic at some point, but to see them like on the deck, seeing a, you know, a, a star field. And then of course the resistance coming in. Man. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And, uh, I assume for this being on the left side is a lot better because you're near Kylo Ren. And when he turns around and he looks at you, like, 
the, the motion he makes is terrifying. Like, oh crap, he's seen us. This is not good. <laughs> well, also, this subtle um, reference to the Force, how he said, throw up the shield, and Hux is like, I see no reason to throw up the shield, and he just tells him, just do it. Like To yeah, me, I yeah. read that as he's just Force-sensitive, and he knows that something's about to go down. And he knows yeah. the resistance are coming. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this next effect worked better for me, oddly enough, today than it did the first time, the one where Kylo kind of drops down um and starts to chase you with the lightsaber um mm-hmm. before you enter the elevator the first time i saw it i went oh there's another one of those video screens we've seen a handful of times already in this um attraction today when i wrote it the lightsaber had the effect like it looked like it had depth like it was closer to me than kylo was by you know a foot or two but still like i don't know if that was just my eyes playing tricks on me compared to the first time but today it felt more like uh, holy crap there, there's there's a lightsaber right there. Do you want to know how it's done? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually a cutout flat, a projection mapping, and the lightsaber moves. That's it. Are you and, serious? And the cutout flat also... So the cutout flat on a, is on a dolly, and it basically moves towards you. It's projection mapping for all of Kylo Ren, and then the lightsaber moves to make it seem like he's walking. Yep. Holy crap, that is so cool. Yeah. I thought it was animatronic, so that's that's crazy. <laughs> it's it's wow. a bunch of good technology together, you know? Yeah. Well that's what this whole ride is. It's just everything put together in a nice package, honestly. Well I mean <laughs> and then the elevator. I'm, I was gonna say I'm very glad you told me a very cool effect because now this comes to probably the only thing I don't like in this attraction. <laughs> Which is the when Kylo hits the elevator and his lightsaber goes to the the roof, really, um, I love it's that it's okay. And and again, maybe this is just my me breaking my own rule. I my rule is the unsullied life, and I try to avoid anything and everything I could ever see prior to actually experiencing something. So like that goes for theme parks, but that goes for movies. Like I haven't watched any trailers for Rise of Skywalker, um, so. The the marketing footage that they use shows Kylo Ren's lightsaber as you see it in the movie. Like, they use Lucasfilm and, you know, there's sparks coming off it, whatever. And when I saw that footage, I went, oh, hold on, are you serious? <laughs> like, did they really manage a way to make a quote-unquote lightsaber, but without, you know, an enclosure and whatever? But I remember reading patents that said that they had been working on stuff, and I thought, I don't know, maybe these crazy kooks did it. So when I saw it, I'm still like, this is fun. I like that you could see the the metal being moved away with the lightsaber. But I was looking at the lightsaber and going, I can go to Savi's and buy that for 200 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have no opinion here because I missed it both times. How'd you miss it both times? I don't know. I don't know how, but then I heard someone talk about it and I saw it on videos. It's like, how the hell did I miss that? <laughs> I, I might have honestly. I, I might have been just looking at my camera at that m- point to make sure everything was in focus, and I just missed it both times. It's. So. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a neat effect. I mean, I think it would have been cool if there had been some sparks coming off of it. But yeah, you can't yeah, really yeah. do that above a guest. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, fire is bad. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. So I enjoyed it. I mean, the first time I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, just because it's something you've seen in the movies where the lightsabers are going through the walls and stuff. So I thought it was neat. 
Well, then, ladies and gentlemen, that's why you don't watch marketing footage of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of the whole thing is the next part, though, where you have the cannons and it's like oh. a video game. You're having to do the timing thing and yes. go in between them while they're jerking. I, I don't know why, but that's it like it played off my like 12 year old self playing a video game and, you know, trying to figure out the timing. I don't know. I, I just love that. Those things move fast, real, real fast. And they're very, very large. <laughs> Something that's crazy about it is that we talk about the idea of a trackless ride system and hey, it can go wherever it wants and do whatever it wants. This is one of those things that a trackless ride system is allowed to do. Well, I guess that effect is allowed to exist because of a trackless ride system. Like if there was a, a coaster track, it'd be hard to have the entire cannon roll right over that coaster track. You know, no. like yeah. this is this is a, um, a way to use that tech and go, well, what can we do? Well, now we're allowed to. I don't care. We'll throw something in front of what we should be moving in front of anyway. Um, so that, again, it's just another example of how it can use that to sell the idea of, I don't know, these droids are just flying by the seat of their pants and trying to figure out where to move. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it felt like something from the movies. It felt like something that you would see mm-hmm. in a scene like that where they're, you know, it, it just felt right. Then. It, there's just so much going on in that scene. You just like... My mind is just like this isn't supposed to work. This no, we're supposed to go there. How's no? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the huge guns, and then the screens that it, just everything about that scene. That's another moment where I audibly was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a great example of screens done right, where it's not the complete center focus piece but it is and you could be looking at the screen the whole time because i think the first time i was mostly focused on holy crap there's a battle happening out there <laughs> I'm like are, are any of them gonna like interfere with us lo and behold they do um, <laughs> but yeah. then the second time i was going like craning my head back and forth of like there's a battle oh my god we have to move okay like <laughs> what do, how do we even proceed it's just amazing how how well they sync like the gun shooting then just the the gunfire just then shooting into the screen oh my god it's amazing. <laughs> yes. the, the screens also have a parallax effect that kind of tracks where your vehicle is so that the video that's playing is designed for the two cars that are um, in front of you so that like, sure. you're never at a weird angle. Uh, the, the Universal's done that before, though, right, Joe? Parallax? I'm not yeah, sure if yeah. they've done parallax. They, they've done something. They've done squelching, but not parallax where multiple... Uh, planes exist. So, this is something they've been u- that Disney's been using in attractions like uh, Shanghai Pirates. Okay, yeah. but uh, since we talked about the screens, we've been waiting to talk about them. Let's get into this. It's just it it's just so much different. There's no disrespect to Potter, to Gringotts, and to Forbidden Journey, but you know you you know you're in a screen. Whereas this one, it just it just adds to it, and it's just also just a little effect of the fact that you're in space. So it kind of makes sense that there's a window there. Yeah. Uh, and most of the screens are just used for windows, it, it, nothing more. And then the other projections are you know Pepper's ghosts. So it, it makes so much more sense in this case. So they're mm-hmm. screens, but they don't really feel like screens, <laughs> which is the the. Uh, yeah, it's to be commended. <laughs> well, yeah, and it also it's, should be it's noted using like screens. You go, Nick. Sorry. 
I was just going to say, it's using screens like they should be used. And honestly, it's almost like one of the things that they learned from Avatar. Like, you see it on Navi River Journey. They have the screens, but then they have stuff in the foreground. And it just, mm-hmm. it, it adds that little bit more to it that makes it feel more organic, natural. I think uh, one of the important things to remember also is that, like, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks much better than the ones in Potter, but the the thing with remember about Potter is also that is also nine to five years old at this point, and yeah, and, and you know, yeah. it, it's just an older technology. Which, um, you know, this is the next evolution of all that stuff. So, um, and, and that's and that's important and good. So there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and, I mean, one effect that I think that does sell the. Uh the screen gig even more is, I mean, the next scene, um, when the, the, a, I'm pretty sure it's an a wing. Um, the a wing gets hit and then like flies into the ship itself. And the, mm-hmm. the, the wind blows in and it feels like you're being kind of like sucked out into space that again, that's another example of screens being, um, supplements to the experience rather than the entire thing, because you're also staring at, I think a pretty good animatronic of Kylo. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Arguably, arguably the best the one. Only, that's the way not, he lunges forward and back scene. when the the suction happens is phenomenal. Yeah, it, just so much life in it. That's one thing that I wish they would have done a little bit different. And it's just for me, I feel like Kylo should be a little bit higher because if you look at him and when he's walking around, you can see the holes where the animatronic mm. is, you know, going through to the floor. Whereas if they would have raised it up just a little bit higher where that, you know, was more at eye level, you wouldn't have seen that. So if you look down, but that, I mean, that's, that's being very nitpicky. It's, it's a very good scene. It's very well done. It's a great animatronic. Uh, I mean, a su- like, supremely well done animatronic. S- sort of like the, the screw, only question like the I have... pole. <laughs> In yeah, a way. Yeah. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> so, so the only question about that scene that I have, I've watched videos and I did it twice now at this point. I'm still not entirely sure what happens at the end. Yeah. What so, the heck is coming down? <laughs> yeah. Like, is that like debris from the Star Destroyer that like he pulls down to close the the hole, or does he get hit with it? Like. I, I don't quite understand what's supposed to be happening there. I was about to say the same thing. I I, I feel like is it just a, like a scene reset for them, or I don't understand what it's there for. And it looks it doesn't it it, it looks like it's mechanical. It doesn't look like it's chaos is happening, and it's not. It, it looks like it's supposed to come down. It doesn't look like you know. It, it swings on a pivot, so yeah. it, it doesn't, doesn't look. It, I don't understand. <laughs> it doesn't look chaos enough. How I'm, how, explosion. I, how I'm reading it is that it was supposed to be designed as some sort of part of the ship is peeling back and basically hits him or like distracts distracts him that you can get away. But mm-hmm. basically they were like, oh, shit, we can't have that. So we need to like have it weirdly pivot down. And and it's like I imagine there's like there's a storyboard somewhere where there's like arrows and the ride vehicles and Kylo Ren and like the arrows are showing like the roof above you peeling and 
hitting Kylo Ren or something, and eventually they're yeah. like, you can't do this. <laughs> so I think that's kind of what the yeah. idea was. Out of all effects to have a budget cut, or, you know, a tech cut, or whatever it might be, like, I still think that it works, because I think that in that moment, you're still so distracted. If there's one person just writing this for one time, time in the in their life and not recording a podcast about it like i'm pretty <laughs> sure i think <laughs> i think it the effect works. will sell yeah. itself pretty well because it's so like you were saying it is a chaotic moment that does the effect isn't chaotic but the moment is so you kind of just like whoa what happened like he said oh no and you know wind is blowing and now we're moving again so i think it sells itself that way enough for a normal day guest sure easily agreed um, so, did you guys expect once? So, we're getting to the the escape pods. Were you? I guess you both didn't know anything, so you weren't expecting a drop, right? No, I I, I kind of figured at that point because I heard. I assume that the car is being locked in because I heard a mechanical click. So I'm like, okay, yeah. we're going down now. I had no idea it was going to be a free fall. None whatsoever. <laughs> I, I knew it was a drop just because of well, in our chat talking about. Some of the issues they were having with the ride, I knew that there was a drop that was causing them some issues. But um, so I knew there was a drop coming, and once I saw and I heard the click, I was like, "Okay, here comes the drop." But um, my wife didn't know about the drop. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Ariel, she knew about it, so she was looking at my face the entire time, and she's like, "I was so wanted to tell you about it." <laughs> I'm like, I'm so glad you did it. <laughs> Well, because one of the, the great ways for me, like, of how they sell that is that, okay, so you go into the ATAT room, you go up an elevator, mm-hmm. um, and you're like, well, eventually, I'm probably going to, subconsciously, or even consciously, you're thinking, I'm coming back down in some way. Like, there's no way I'm just staying on the second floor. But then you go do that scene with Kylo where he's on your, quote-unquote, elevator trying to capture you. But, mm-hmm. of course, you're not really going down. That's just their way of kind of tricking you into thinking you're moving down another level so that when you are at that moment you do take the drop and the video that they're playing of like the battle happening in the escape pods i think is timed so freaking well because you see like you're looking around and you're seeing a battle happening and in your mind you go we, we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go and you see Niendub, um right in front of you like in a um mm-hmm. escape pod of his own he, he drops, drops. And mm-hmm. it's got to be literally a second, but it's just enough time to make you go, oh, wait, he Uh-oh. dropped. Oh, shit. And then as Dang you're thinking that, you're falling already. Okay, I never noticed that before. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a cool little thing because you just have that, that oh, crap moment. You know it's coming. When's it coming? And before you can really get the fall around it, you drop. It's kind of like on... um. On Doctor Doom, it's like when you get lifted up off the ground for the, and you know you're going up. You know you're gonna go up, and you're like, okay, I can hear it. We're going, and then you're up. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's the same idea. Before you even have a moment. Well, and the same way with Tower of Terror, like you know you're going down, and you get, you feel the the elevator rumble into the drop shaft, and you hear it, you know, kind of walk into place, and you're like, okay, now I'm going, and then you drop. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, yeah. it's just it's just that that psych you know your mind thinking before your body can react to it type of thing and then of course there's uh, there's a simulator like <laughs> somehow you haven't changed positions but now they've locked like you were saying they've locked this thing in 
and it's a pretty decent simulator. I think that the video moves very quickly, and I guess that makes sense if you're just taking gravity down to about two. But um, yeah, and then you crash land, and you're outside, which what the actual hell? <laughs> like, mm. My mind was like, no, we can't. We, we load it inside. We can't load outside. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not how things work. <laughs> and there's a pretty good animatronic there, too, of Lieutenant Beck talking to you as oh, you're yeah. like heading yep. back to unload. So. Yeah. And then immediately I was like, oh, my God, that's what that hangar they were building forever. That's what that's for? What? <laughs> <laughs> and in a crazy flex, they... They kind of back up and then side park into the unload area. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's kind of like a display of the tech of just like, oh yeah, by the way, one final little cherry on top of the Sunday. Like because keep in mind, of course, they're locking into the simulator, going back to like the, the drop shaft. That thing has to be down to the millimeter, right? Because if they're a millimeter off, it's not locking in. It's not going to come into like the proper area to lock in. And then if they don't lock in, boom, the attraction goes down. So, mm-hmm. geez, this tech has got to yep. be just millimeter level accurate. Yep, that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> so, yep, that's jeez. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, what's the? Uh, uh, I guess uh, the next question I have for all y'all is. Uh, we'll start with Danny is what are your final thoughts on, I guess the whole experience and also just the ride portion of ride is rise of the resistance, rise of the resistance. There you go. That's have, have to use words. Uh, um, okay. I'll make this as short as possible. I swear. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to quickly start just with a quick anecdote about it, uh, which is also a uh, teaser for my own podcast where I reviewed the ride. Um, my buddy had an opportunity. Um, he works for Mice Chat, so he went to the media event, and he was talking to an Imagineer. And one of the things that he was explaining to him, which blew my freaking mind, this entire attraction is an homage to A New Hope. Mm-hmm. You start off with a droid that is giving you a hologram message from a female director. You yep. then are called to action and you go to space. You get caught into a tractor beam of a, and you can see where I'm going. Like think about each beat in this attraction. It is all coming back to an homage in broad strokes and beats to a new hope, which is probably the star Warsiest star Wars that one could star war. So, in that way, as a kid at eight years old watching A New Hope for the first time, I don't know, like, I've this is what I've always wanted. You know, Star Tours is fun, but you know that you're sitting in a room that's being shaken around and whatever. That's a great effect. But, like, as a kid, this is what I've wanted. And I love Galaxy's Edge as a land. Um, I think it's got plenty of opportunities. <laughs> um, but I still love that I get to walk around a different planet and interact with stormtroopers and Chewbacca and whatever. Like it, it is my childhood dream. This attraction has done, it, it did things emotionally to me that I couldn't imagine. So I think there's two halves to my reaction to this ride. Number one is the emotional side. It hits you the way that a star Wars experience should hit you um, from the, the, the chaos and from the inspiration of like the resistance theme and so many different levels. But then on the flip side, the theme park nerd in me also looks at it and goes, I don't understand how it works. Like, I understand how it works. Like, I know the the ride path and how they do things. But at the same time, 
five million lines of code shouldn't make this work. Like this is an anomaly in 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 themed entertainment. In fairness, it still right doesn't now. work. So. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. It works uh, 70, 75% of the time. Works every time. Um, <laughs> so when it does work the way it should, and you know, down the line when they get it knocked down pat, like it's it's just bananas. And I love that these companies, both Universal and Disney, are taking big chances because I think Hagrid's is a big chance as well. The logistics to make Hagrid's run make my mind melt. So I love that we're living in an era where. The two biggest players right now are, are both giving it their all, and they're really dumping the money and the creativity um, and the the tech into making all of this happen. And 2019, man, there's a lot of bad things about 2019, but theme park wise, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> End of rant. Yes, uh, Nick, do you want to go next? Um, so there was a couple of things that you know. I was immediately asked by by people was obviously how's it compared to Hagrid and stuff like that, and I've basically said that you know I really think that this is my my new top thing that I've ever been on that I've written. Um, I'm not saying it you know it's the top in the world, but it's my top because of what it is and the way it is. And um, I was taught after I got off the ride, I saw um, fan of the show Matt. Um, Mr. Epcot on Twitter, and like he said, this is kind of like our new Indiana Jones. It's like the the new thing that's that's gonna set the new level. And I was trying to think of how to compare it because I was like, it it kind of some parts of it remind me of Spider Man, but it's not really Spider Man. It kind of reminds me of Indiana Jones at some level, but it's not really Indiana Jones. And the best analogy that I've been able to come up for for someone who has not written it is if you were walking through the London part of Diagon Alley, not not the actual Wizarding World, but just the street facades as the first part of the queue into King's Cross, then your pre-show was riding the Hogwarts Express, and then somehow that translates to you going through another part of a queue that's Hogsmeade Village into the Hogwarts Castle, which is another pre-show, which leads you to Forbidden Journey as a ride. All of that put together as one thing. That's what Rise of the Resistance is. It's taking multiple different things and melding them all together into this one seamless experience that really trends. It, 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 you can't compare it to anything else. I still love Hagrid. Hagrid is still one of my favorite rides that I've been on in recent history. Same with Tower of Terror. They're not in the same realm as this because this is so many things put together that it's hard to compare it to anything else that we have in Orlando or really in the States to, to meld it together into one thing like this is, is it's, it's a game. It's a new, it's a new game. It's a new way of looking at attractions and doing things. And I'm, I'm really excited for what it could mean going forward with the new parks and the new experiences coming online. And I'm hoping that, you know, once they get all the kinks ironed out and all that, that this thing's going to, really it really it changes the way that i look at a theme park attraction as in what it makes an attraction we've always had pre-shows and things but this is the first one that the pre-show i feel like you if you didn't experience all the pre-shows you missed something from the ride 
the rod is not the best ride in the world, in my opinion. But with everything else around the ride experience, it mm. it it really elevates the whole thing to a different level. If you just got into the, the the car and you rode through the thing, I don't think it would be as big of a deal as the cast members and the way that they treat you whenever you get off the transport. Riding the transport off of Batu and getting caught in the tractor beam, it just all works together into this this new frontier of thing that I'm really excited about and seeing where it goes from here in the future. That's kind of where I'm at right now with it. Cool. Alex, what are your uh, closing thoughts? Oh, boy. That's hard. <laughs> That's hard to follow. <laughs> um, it, it, it's just mind-boggling. All the technology has to work together. Just the ride system itself is pretty amazing. But then you add in all the sound, all the audio equipment, all the animatronics, all the screens. It, I, it's and to make them all work together like that it and in sync it, I, I don't want to work on that thank god i'm not the <laughs> one because my goodness that would be um well i mean it would be great too but like wow that's that's got to commend them um and, and what i really love about it is that from the minute you walk into that queue or or, or just into the land even so but especially from the minute you walk into the queue to the minute that you leave the the unload station mm-hmm. it is so seamless your entire experience is seamless you never are really taken out of the the story at one point whereas i'm sorry but the potters the screens they they take they take you out of it you know that you're going from one screen to another with scenery in between them whereas this just feels like one fluid thing the entire way through and it's just absolutely ridiculous it's I don't know if it's my favorite ride. I really love Symbolica. I love. I kind of like that. I, I'm always. I always really commend you know Parks for coming up with something completely original. So Symbolica is just incredible in that sense, and the technology in that ride as well is quite incredible, especially with what they do with their their trackless technology as well. But I mean, this is really convinces me that like wow, if just. Universal's gonna wow. They have their. <laughs> I feel like they are they're gonna have to react to this for Epic Universe, like it, or they're gonna be behind the game before they even start building it. So I don't know how I'm gonna stay away from this ride for more than a year. I, I feel like I'm gonna be back within the next year or so, maybe two years, because it's just I want to ride it again. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm, I'm. Friday morning, you know, we were exhausted because we were on Disney property for basically 22 hours. And, and we didn't go to bed the night, day before, so we were so exhausted. But So we were hanging out in the, 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 the hotel, and I was just, I feel like I was just, I was so depressed because I was like, how is it ever going to get any better than this? Oh, no. I'm, I'm sure someone will top it, but man, it just, I had that, like, just postpartum, like, depression on it. It was just like, oh, no. Well, nothing left li- <sighs> living for, so see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> I can die now. <laughs> so, yeah. Just, and- just, move, just move here and then go before every shift of work like I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that won't yeah. be something that'll totally catch up with you eventually. <laughs> no, no way. Oh. I'm 30. <laughs> Uh, yeah, ah, so save us. It's, uh, <laughs> uh, interesting to see how we where we go from here, and 
I, I got to say one thing. Ratatouille is going to look very disappointing compared to this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think I, I think sorry. I told you that, didn't I, Joe, Joe in the chat? Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm kind of... Yeah, I... Yeah. We haven't done the podcast yet, Joe, which I mean, you know, we need to do that, but... I've been, burned, I've been burnt out and busy, what can I say? So... So it's very overrated. Yeah, I have two questions. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, so I have two questions yeah. for uh, you guys. First, first question um, is: Do you think there's a chance that the whole rigmarole of getting to the actual sitting your butt in a ride vehicle situation could be a hindrance to riding it in the future? Because, like, yeah, sure, pre-shows are all great, but you know, for a lot of attractions that have like crazy pre-shows, like Gringotts, for example. I find myself riding that less and less over the years. Um, do you think that would be a situation here, or is this something it, it would be like, no, or we'll just have to see? Um, I think the first one, the first with the hologram, that one will probably be a little repetitive, but the, the transport scene, maybe not as much. And then, I don't know, that reveal, I don't know how that could ever get tire, get tiring. And, of course, with Potters, you can just use a single rider line and skip that stuff, so... Well, you, and you're not going to be ever able to do, do that, that here. So yeah, exactly. So that's yeah. what I'm wondering about. Is like, is that is it going to be too much of an issue? Uh, Nick, Danny, do you have any thoughts on that, or just kind of we'll have to see, or what? I think I'm going to have to see. You know, I, I know I, I go down a lot, and I ride these things a lot, and I, I get what you're saying because I feel like that. You know, you kind of get to the point where it's like. Where you're reciting all the words of the pre-show in your mind, um, <laughs> type of thing, but at the same time, I think it's unique and different enough at this point that it will take a while for that shine to go away. But you know, ten years from now, it it might, yeah, you know, I probably I probably won't. I'll be like, okay, we we've done this how many times now, type of thing, but. For now, for at least for the foreseeable future, I think it's it's things gonna be good. So okay. Well, I I can tell you selfishly from my own perspective. Um, I, I live I live downtown Orlando, so it's like twenty five minutes away from the parks or fifteen from Universal. Um, so I go a lot, and me and Caitlin talk all the time about we can go to a park and not ride anything and not care. Um, but the times that we love to ride things the most is when we have family or friends visiting that haven't been before. And mm-hmm. oddly enough, there's a whole lot of them. So in my mm-hmm. eyes, like r- even just riding today with people that had only had never been on before, these are hardcore theme park fans that would wake up at 445 in the morning to go do this. Um, seeing people see that reveal and see the ride and walk off with their, their jaws on the floor, like that'll keep me going. I, I would wait an hour uh, <laughs> I say an hour, probably more <laughs> realistically. Um, I would wait a while to ride with family and friends because I know, like, just trust me, you got to go on blind. Just just ride it. Seeing the their reactions, for example, at that transport unit when you're on the, the Star Destroyer, that'd be worth it for me to go through all those hoops to get to the droid again just because I know it's going to hit them like a sack of hammers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how long do we think that the reservation system is going to be in place for? Months, if not Months. years. They, they've, okay. they've said uh, for the f- first few opening weeks. So, I take take your take that for what it's worth. <laughs> I, 
I figure it's through the the start of the year, the new year at least. So they did just announce today that they're changing the opening times starting January 5th um, to accommodate for more rise. And maybe it's just because it's opening week and December and all that. But my thing is, I was there. I mean, today's Wednesday. We're recording on a Wednesday night at 540. And there were already easily two or 300 people there. Mm-hmm. And looking around, I was telling you, I play that game of like, well, who's really here? Are these APs or are these like vacationers? There were countless parents pushing strollers of children, to which points me in the direction of the parking lot's not that full. This is mostly people coming from resort transport or, you know, Ubers or Lyfts or whatever. So if that is true, I I don't see them getting rid of boarding passes until they get rid of the problem of people lining up at 5 a.m. And as of right now, having done it twice, I just don't see that changing anytime soon and who knows i pray that i will eat my words in january but the way i see it right now is that january they'll still have a line and if they still have a line then that just makes me believe that they're gonna end up doing a boarding pass well the problem is people are hearing that the boarding passes run out by 8 a.m so yeah that's the problem that's the reason why they show up early yeah that's yeah Yeah. it's a turk it's a chicken and the egg situation if they didn't even if they didn't do boarding passes they would hear through you know various blogs like this is the ride you got to get there at so and so time through word of mouth like i was talking to my friend like he (laughs) i hate him for this he loves line culture he's like i waited 12 hours for a pair of shoes one time and i went you're a lunatic (laughs) um (laughs) line culture the the mind line culture (laughs) line culture i would i would very well we got a show title everyone line culture (laughs) (laughs) line culture Um, he was saying that, that people are going to line up. If you tell them eight, they'll line up at six. If you tell them six, they'll line up at four. Like, yeah. So I don't know when that'll end. My only barometer for this is that for someone that goes to animal kingdom with visitors that come into town fairly frequently, guys, flight of passage has a line at 7am right now. Like, and it has ever since it's open, like that hasn't changed. So if flight of passage hasn't changed that much over time, I, I don't know. And we all <laughs> hey, know how bad that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the only way it's going to change is if they make it where, when we say we open at nine, we open at nine. You True. will stand at this True. touch point until nine o'clock, and then we're going to start letting you through. Or you know, or the reservation system, or we'll let you into Hollywood Boulevard, but you're going to stand there at Hollywood Boulevard until nine o'clock. And then the reservation system will open up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only way it, it's, you know what I mean? That's the only way it, it's going to start backpedaling. Some, I think is whenever they say nine o'clock means nine o'clock. Yeah. That, that's the kind of situation they're going to have to run into, into is like, you got to actually like say, yep, we're opening at nine. We're opening at nine. We're not going to, because like they've they caused all this themselves, and it and that's the reason why it's getting worse is because people hear about it. Like they go to the they go and they hang out the pool or they go to the resort bar, and the the guys like we got to rise the resistance at seven thirty. Man, thank God we did. Sure, we didn't ride for ten hours, but we got one of the last boarding groups. Oh wow, you so showed up that early, and then they show up earlier, and until you can actually say no, nah, you can just show up at opening. They're gonna keep doing that. Um, I have one well, last question. CMI, like, oh, sorry, Nick. You can respond. I was going to say one other thing. We'll see, like, like Saturday, my second boarding group was 86. 
I didn't actually get on the ride until eight, mm-hmm. eight o'clock ish. Um, that night, park closed at nine. I knew somebody who had boarding group. It was like ninety six. That was down there. They did not get to ride. We were literally the second to last boarding group that got in. Wow. That night at eighty seven. So you're running into that issue too, which and and it went down while I was in line that second time. They were great. They gave us snacks. Chewbacca came through the line. We all got selfies with Chewbacca. Um, but at the same time, that's the other issue that's yeah, going on. The first day, they gave out too many boarding passes with the downtime, and then everyone who they 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 just sent a notification and said, "Nope, your boarding pass has been canceled." But they gave people free park hoppers. Yeah. Well, and she got that too. She got a free park hopper and a fast pass to use it to come back. But you know, at the same time, it's like whenever you stop doing that stuff too, that's gonna, you know, I mean, they they've made a problem, and then whenever they just have to stop stop doing this stuff is when it's gonna get fixed. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I stepped over you, Joe. No, it's good. Um, so one last question for all three of you, and I want this is gonna be a quick yes or no. With Rise of the Skywalker coming out, what is the chances that we see Batu in that movie, Danny? Oh, uh, zero. Zero percent. <laughs> Got it. Nick? I think it's zero percent, but I think it should be a hundred percent, but it's zero. <laughs> uh, yeah, Alex? Maybe a nod to it, but that's it. <laughs> I'm going to go 50 percent. I think there's a good chance Batu's in this movie. I don't know why. I just feel it. So no, it would make right. <laughs> sense. So, yeah. yeah. So... I just feel like it's so obvious it won't happen. <laughs> yeah, f- fair. So, that was a question. Who's going to see it in theaters? <laughs> I- I'm seeing. I'm seeing theaters. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it on the set for solo, so I guess I'll probably see it too. So. Mm, yeah, I- I'm probably not going to see it opening night. I may. I'm not sure, but it's it's. I just have a lot going on, so it's kind of one of those things. I bought tickets, but I'm not sure if I'll be able to get to it. So I- I'm still working on planning stuff but anyways so thank you for joining us for the as i told danny about an hour or so podcast uh, i guess this is, i guess this is the or so part for the past hour um so uh danny where can people find you around the interwebs on at on whatever uh, you you know in where on whatever <laughs> in, um, on... you can find me at average um at average disnerd on instagram twitter I, i'm way more active on twitter um but so i have a podcast where each episode i have a different guest joe has been on my show before um and i like to just bring on new people each episode so we have a different perspective on disney and universal and theme parks and what have you um, but I also do a YouTube channel where uh, when I have the time to post a new episode, I've got some video footage of the parks and my own analysis of what's happening in theme parks. So Average Disney Nerd, YouTube, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you find places. Awesome. Alex, where can people find you at? All right. Coaster Spotting on Twitter. Doing uh, Instagram stories now on Instagram. Those are fun. And, uh, tw- of course, the YouTube channel. You know, have uh, everything related to what we talked about and construction updates, and keep going through the Europe trip videos. Those yeah. will go on forever. Awesome, Nick. Where can <laughs> people find you online at? Uh, mostly at Parkscope Nick on Twitter. 
awesome. You can find everything that we do at Parkscope.net and at Parkscope on Twitter. I'm at Parkscope Joe, but seriously, don't follow me. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, we'll see you guys later. Who wants to lead us out? Nick, Alex, what do you want to do? Love everybody. Hate everything. Kungaloosh. Kungaloosh. There we go. Kungaloosh. Kungaloosh. See you guys.